Hi, this is Esther, and you're listening to the Sometimes Always Book Club. We are reading Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. With our graphic novel discussion behind us, we're moving on and discussing HBO's Watchmen series. Mandatory sterilization so you can prove you're fit and that you want one, <laughs> then you can go have it reversed. I agree. Early in life, I think they ought to do that injectable... Oh, uh, that polymer? Yeah, there's a polymer they can inject into the guy, blocks the, the duct, and then it can be dissolved later on. Without... Can we use, like, crazy glue? Or... Well, it's, it's kind of like that, honestly. Glue, Listen, stuff right, needs right to come out. Like, yeah. we... We don't have, like, three holes like you guys. <laughs> it's not down the shaft. <laughs> That's how she's making it sound. Jesus. Just I understood what you were your saying. Yeah. You, you put this polymer in, and then when they get to an age where they're capable. It goes in the vast capable, deference, by the way, Andrew. Not the urethra. I, <laughs> Google it. I know you're going to ask. I know what it is, Bob. I'm an adult. Yeah, he definitely knows now. Andrew, fox! <laughs> right down the shaft. Right down the shaft. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't think um, anybody is going to follow any of our advice on birth control. So, anyway, we're back talking about Watchmen. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, was that our intro? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, oh, fuck. Episode four, called If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own. We were introduced to Lady True in this episode at the very beginning of it. Oh, my God. In all of her um, just apathetic glory of just like, oh, whatever. She is so creepy. <laughs> she really is. She gives me bad That's vibes. what all super rich people are like. Why don't people realize <laughs> She's this? a trillionaire. The fact that she corrected them when they called her a billionaire was just very telling, I think. Well, How I mean, dare you deuce me like this? Yeah. Joking around about destroying a baby, like, immediately and then just saying, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's uh, she's cold. To be honest, uh, I don't know if popular opinion or not, she was the weak spot for the entire show for me. Yeah. I, I could have done without her entirely. Without, like, kind of revealing some mm -hmm. stuff about the end, I really wish they wouldn't have included Ozymandias or her, and they would have went in a different direction because it, again, try not to reveal too much, but... They didn't really find a good reason to have Adrian there. It was like, oh, look, there he is. And then it was like them. fans. I felt it was fan service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most fan yep. service. So yeah. we could just say, hey, it's Ozymandias. And it's so lame, especially in something like this, where she got to have intent. Like, but she just, just she didn't yeah. ring true like the other characters. She yeah. didn't she ring was... true to me either. She was very huh, true. She ah. was very something about her delivery was very theatrical. It never came across as like a real person. But maybe that could also be because she was supposed to be mega rich and a genius, and maybe she's just kind of detached from regular well, people. I mean, you kind of find out a little bit about her later. I kind of felt like maybe that was on purpose. Like she was trying to emulate. That's someone. possible. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but still, I, 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 I didn't find her the weakest character in the show. Um, I just I found her as a complete caricature. Everything from the way she mm-hmm. spoke to the way she acted yeah. to everything about her was just like a an over the top caricature. Nothing where every other character is crazy. Well, this guy dresses up in his owl. You know, this guy. You know, this, yeah, whatever. It, every bit about that, I was I was okay with it. It felt part of the world. She just to me did not. She felt like way over the top. Well, also too when we look at like our other main characters. Angela and Will, these are characters who are flawed and characters who are realistic or characters who get upset or angry or kind of freak out about stuff or whatever. And Lady True, I didn't dislike her, but I did find that her portrayal of the character just kind of took me out of it in some ways. I never looked at her and was like, I believe this is a person. But it also kind of worked with what she was within the show because we are also kind of dealing with a comic book world and comic book type characters and I kind of feel like she was trying to take like replace the void that Dr. Manhattan left like he's not in the story for the most part and i feel like she is that very emotionless calculating yeah. character she's that's kind of just a mix kind of... between Dr. Manhattan and Ozymandias yeah. as far as, you know, she's a genius. She's like this self-made trillionaire. She's mm-hmm. done all this stuff, but she's also very detached. And She's supposed to be Dr. Manhattan, but she comes across like Dr. Evil. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, honestly, yeah. That's... yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with her as a character. Uh, we are also introduced to another character in this episode who is... Um, been dubbed as Lube Man. Yeah. What happened with that? What the fuck? I I was literally just talking about this yesterday. I, I was completely like, forgot that that didn't like, go anywhere. I was like, Sarah, you gotta remind me like what happened in this because we watched them together, and I was just like, Yo, what the fuck happened to Lube Dude? And like, like. Oh, that's a better fuck? term right there, Lube Dude. Lube like, dude. Yeah, way better. Like, he just like, and then just like Ninja Turtles out of there, and I was like, he Ninja Turtle out of the story. Yeah, he just he, once he slides down that sewerway, he fell out he the script. Out, he slid out of my heart, and he was gone. <laughs> no, well, he's in my heart forever. <laughs> Actually, he's probably dead because if you've ever looked at those sewer grates, they don't go straight. I mean, that just it doesn't go deep, and then it turns. He just, folds like he, just he fucking yeah. he. He, he like wily coyote accordioned into that bitch and just <laughs> fell. It's and like a sewer <laughs> version of like those nightmare stories where someone like wants to do Santa stuff for their family and then just get caught in the chimney. <laughs> yes, exactly. And next thing you know, a little red balloon floated real. out. And, yeah. you know, was... I know the fate of Lube Man, but I can't tell you until we get to the Some end. goddamn Petypedia shit, isn't That's it? That's right. I do know who he is and I what was, happened to you him. You know who he is? I know exactly who it is, and it is probably exactly who I think I'm it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited now. <laughs> but yeah, so we are introduced to Lube Man, who... Run, who witnesses Angela throwing away the wheelchair and then runs and covers himself in oil and slides down a storm drain. Yeets himself down. Which I don't think would work, but whatever. I want to renege on my previous statement. He is the most useless character in this entire show. (laughs) He holds this entire series together. (laughs) His performance brought me to tears, Bob. It's brilliant. Maybe he was there to justify Lady True. You're like, oh, I fucking hate her. She's, oh, well, no, no, she's not so bad now. Well, she is a lube dude. Not, that's right. <laughs> she... He was there to uh, lube the narrative along. Uh... Yes, that's right. He served a purpose, Bob. <laughs> There's a golden statue of Adrian Veidt in Lady True's vivarium, which um, also we only know other one other person in this entire world who has a vivarium, and that would be Adrian Veidt. I'll admit... My uh, my smartness didn't really kick in for that particular uh, connection. <laughs> I just I, the way that I had kind of rationalized it was that she took over the company, so maybe she had 
absorbed some aspects of him. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that works. Maybe that's not where this goes. <laughs> you know, also that she may be a lizard person because, you know, lizard enclosures are known as vivariums. Mm. She's trying to say she's a reptilian? <clears throat> yeah, she's a reptilian. Holy shit. Yeah. She's kind of overlordish. That is not in the PDPedia. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, too, that Lori basically looks at the statue and says that he looks like shit, which makes me <laughs> Why is he so old? <laughs> he looks like shit. <laughs> so they go to talk to Lady True because they've connected Will's fingerprints, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to get into this. Anybody listening to this has watched the show. Wasn't it that Angela's car was taken? Yep. And they were trying to think of, like, what could have taken it? And, and so it's the, yeah. the drones. The drones yeah. at Lady True's place yeah. as well. And... Lady True and Angela share this moment where they speak in Vietnamese to each other, like pretending that they're talking about like this old saying when in reality, Lady True asks her if she got the pills, which were in the glove compartment, which the old man had who said earlier that they helped his memory. And that is all he said. And then we see that Will is hanging out with Lady True in private and they're having this conversation. And we see that Lady True is doing some really weird shit to her daughter via uh, IV. Yeah, she's like dosing her on some shit right? she's dosing her with something and and causing her to have these really vivid dreams where she's uh basically dreaming about fleeing a village in vietnam and then won't comfort her yeah. like a cool person will you yeah. walk me back to my room no no fuck you fuck yeah she is uh no, she's cold she is truly awful <laughs> just like that joke thank you i'll take my leave at the manor Adrian collects fetuses from the lake, which the first time, when we watched it the first time, I just turned to Bob and went, is that a baby? (laughs) Gross, is that a baby? That's where they come from. A child. Yeah, so it takes these two uh, fetuses out of the lake, puts them in a centrifuge, and creates a brand new grown-up Mr. Phillips and Miss Crookshanks. I'm sorry, I have to say, I love, though, when he's fishing for him and he pulls him out and kind of checks him over and just tosses him back yeah, nonchalantly. Reject yeah. babies. Whatever. Catch and release, motherfucker. Oh, if only you could really do that. Honey, I'm pregnant. Catch and release, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Robert. Jeez, we have full Robert. Discussed, we have discussed so many awful forms of controller <laughs> population. That's a terrible control. form of well, We that clearly one... know where babies come from. <laughs> Bob has a strict catch and release policy. So I shouldn't have been throwing him back in the lake? No, no, no. No, you're not supposed to call her bitch when you do it. Yeah, don't call a woman bitch. That's not good. It was a female baby I was talking to. Oh, no! (laughs) Robert. (laughs) I should get to the fact that he walks in and all of the other servants are all, like, horribly murdered. And, um... Because he had a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> he had a rough night. Leather pants for everyone. <laughs> I'm going to make so much fucking leather out of this. And so the new... Cool jacket, maybe. The new servants just help him load all of these old dead servants on the catapult, and they just fling them into the sky where they disappear. I, it's so, like, chilling, because they're just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, Well, they don't know any better for all yeah. they know. This, this is the world, okay. Yeah, it's like, sure. And then, oh. He does have a great monologue, I think, in this one, too, where he talks about, you know, like, I am your master, but not your maker. And oh, just... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have let you guys live. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> so it wasn't up to me. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a great performance from Jeremy Irons. Overall, I give this episode a C. Eh. 
You're being right. generous. It's an all right episode. Not my favorite. It's uh, it has some moments in it, but it's uh, the beginning is awesome. It's it, so... The beginning is cool with the farmer and his wife and, yeah. and that whole scene yeah. where um, they get a, a baby and all that. Is it really cool. I mean, it's, it's really that's tense. not cool. The it's scene tense. is good. Yeah. 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 Like, like I was watching that and just like. The I scene kind of is good. I gotta yeah. stop my pizza. Circumstances are terrible. Man, you oh, can't ever eat pizza while watching this. Oh, Why would you learn? I gotta stop ordering pizza <laughs> when I'm watching the show. See, I was already right from the get go having the the James Bond villain vibe, so it took me out immediately. Like I said, she just yeah, too corny. Oh, she was just too far. See, but know. I feel like the the wife and the farmer couple like really sold it for oh, me. Like yeah, her yeah. horror, I was like yep. feeling. Yeah, even yeah. the storyline I totally good. got is just the way True came across was just too. Coming <laughs> one million dollars. If I could offer a counter point to that, Bob, um, the next reveal of a villain to me felt more like that than Lady True did for me. Yeah, fair. Great. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. The episode title refers to a quote by Nigerian writer Chinua Achibe. I'm sorry if I'm mutilating that. Where's Katie to Google the name? I know, really. Hold the, on, I um, can do... I, I'll, I have Katie right here. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, why have you been so quiet during this? Sorry, Andrew. I've been here the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, Are you feeling all right? Chinua. Chinua Achebe. Achebe. Chinua Achebe. Sorry. Is that the actress? No, he's a writer God who damn. wrote a... <laughs> I had no idea what the context was. He I'm is sorry. a writer that the title comes, the title of this episode comes from mm-hmm. a quote from him. Okay. Where my he bad. said that about if you don't like my story, write your own. Amazing. Mic yeah. drop. I do love that. Yeah, that is a nice a mic drop. So, I've always kind of felt that way about different things where like people look at art, like let's say a painting, and they have an interpretation that's like, I could have made that. Well, you right, didn't, do it. you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so do it. Shut up. Which brings us to episode five, yes. which is, I think, well, Bob's favorite episode. Is this, um, I could understand is this the one? that. One of my favorite episodes. No. This is Little no. Fear of Lightning. This is the Looking Glass-centric episode. Oh, that one's right. I really liked yeah. this yeah. one a lot. This episode, holy shit. This is the episode that I told you about before you watched it. I just said. I just did not draw those. I just said <laughs> episode like, five. What is she talking episode about? Episode five does the impossible because you had talked about how you, it made sense to you that the movie didn't show the squid because how could you film such a thing? Well, it, for me, not to take away your point, yeah. but like when I was saying that, what I was trying to communicate was the level of human lives lost and yeah. the carnage. That's more what I thought about was thousands of dead eviscerated people and I'm like I couldn't see that on a movie screen I think if it had been looking at the comic I could see that but then seeing this episode Mm -hmm. I was giddy watching this episode when they showed the squid I lost my Mm -hmm. mind when they showed no that was was still a really cool moment so did three million people (laughs) (laughs) it looked so a few more on top of that actually that didn't just they just didn't die unfortunately I love this whole episode but the intro of it is so powerful Mm -hmm. and is so Mm -hmm. good and you feel so bad for young Wade Oh, yeah. Who does not fuck. Yeah, Wade Wade does not fuck. (laughs) Poor Wade. That actor who played young Wade was really good, too. And you just, you feel so bad for him. And the whole situation is just absolutely terrifying. When he is berating himself in the mirror right before it hits. Oh, it's just, yeah. yeah. Painful. It's real. 
Yeah, the, whoever that guy is is a really good actor, and I thought that that scene was very powerful. But I didn't think they were going to show it. And so when it pans back and he comes out and he's screaming and you see the bodies and you see like the, there's like a Ferris wheel that's still going and there's dead people in it. Mm -hmm. And you see just like bodies and cars and it's just horrible, horrible carnage. And then it just keeps pulling back and keeps pulling yeah, back and keeps I, pulling back. I did not think it was going to keep going. I, and, I was just like, oh, my God, they're really going to do it. And then as soon as I heard the strains of New York, New York start oh. quietly, I knew we were going to see it. And I got so happy and I saw one tentacle and I freaked out and I just turned to Bob and I was like, they're going to show it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, she said the same thing during the play when when the he came down <laughs> and he was coming. Show it. Yeah. Are they showing the penis? <laughs> penis, 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 penis. <laughs> so, I think the squid and the penis are equally exciting. That's right. Yeah, it's like About and equally exciting. Yeah. If there's two things in this in this show that I think are iconic, it is the squid and the penis. Oh, I actually thought the impossible ended up being using uh, Careless Whisper as a like meaningful like, yeah. mo like, <laughs> motif and made me emotional. It's like, it's not yeah, a meme anymore. That is such a good use of that It was song. such a good cover. It was so good. Yeah, like it, it was like, I was like. And when it was all warbly. Yeah, just. Uh, yeah, I was like starting getting like real vaporwave hours. It was just like. There's like a, a really nice acoustic cover of it at the end yes, of the episode yeah. too. That's really so good. good. Really good. I this episode does a few impossible it, things. It for took sure. it out of memedom for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I actually, yeah. love pretty much everything about this episode. He eats beans. He eats beans in the mask, <laughs> which is awesome. We learn about the mask. We learn about how he has this ongoing PTSD, like a very specific PTSD that people in this world have from the squid drop. We learn that there's either real or imagined inherited trauma. Yeah, the genetic guy, trauma. Yeah, the guy so talks yeah. about it. I'm not sure if it's considered a real thing or if it's like a theory thing, but there's the guy at the support group who thinks that he has inherited trauma because his mother witnessed the squid. There's the woman that he meets who turns out to be you know, a plant and she turns out to be fake. Although her story was stupid because basically she was saying that her trauma was because she loved the movie. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. That was another thing that I really loved about this episode. Not the, that she made up a story or possibly didn't make it up. I don't know. But just the idea that in this fictional universe, Schindler's List, a wonderful movie in its own right, yes. was scrubbed from history because yes. Steven Spielberg was like, no, not that shit. No, we're we're going to do movie. the same yeah. thing with Squid Movie. Yes. What was the name of the movie? Was it Pale Horse? Pale Horse. Pale yeah. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. I would watch I, that. It's yeah. kind of good. Yeah. It's like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> the yeah, little I, girl wearing the red and yeah, black and I, white. It stands out. I'm like, shit, this is Schindler's yeah. List. <laughs> I, I love that that's like her reason for going. Like, it's just like, the movie really impact. I felt like I was there. <laughs> Ultimate fandom. Like, <laughs> see, that's, see, that's the thing. I didn't know how to take that story. I mean, obviously she was a plant, but I didn't know if maybe she was actually telling the truth and despite it being like a weird story sometimes people just have those like weird emotional reactions to stuff like that even though it no that's absolutely true but yeah. it is funny just to be like well my trauma is that i watched this movie and it really affected me like, okay i, I wondered though <laughs> well and i wondered though if that wasn't some you know social commentary both with the guy who said you know genetic trauma and with this woman i saw a movie oh, so i'm okay. just as experienced hmm i didn't think about that how do i delicately put this you know those who who deal with trauma and those who yeah. like to be on the trauma train. A really good period of time where I'm, and I'm about to reveal some very 
awesome information about myself. You're in a safe uh, space, Zach. Th- thank you. Um, where I was really active on the uh, website Tumblr uh, when I was We like, were all there. No, so I wasn't. No, we no, weren't. No, I thank wasn't. You. I was going to say, there <laughs> might be some people here, and I'm afraid. But there was, like, a really, like, specific time where, like, everybody had some kind of self-diagnosed thing, and it was a problem because it took away from people who actually had that problem. Yes. And I, yeah, I really see that connection now, and because I have a big issue with that because I, I have my own properly diagnosed disorder and when people are like yeah I self-diagnosed myself with this thing and I'm just now, a little OCD yeah go see a doctor go see a doctor go see if this is real go I'm in this yourself. exact same boat for yeah. this in the same way you know I've got real stuff going on and I, I shouldn't feel I shouldn't have to tell people Yes, I have PTSD, but like real PTSD. It's like when people <laughs> that say, is kind of shitty that, it, that 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 needs to be included. As yeah, well. no, but I feel the need to do it. Right. See, and yeah. I've had the the opposite where people have like told me they have things, but I think they're joking, and then something real happens, and I'm right. like, oh fuck, you really <laughs> no, have you OCD. Were not getting, I was yeah. not prepared yeah. to like wow. be with I, you in this moment. I, uh, and that's kind of what I wonder if he's saying is he's not making a judgment on it, but saying here's these vagaries that do exist. Yeah, make up your own damn mind. Yeah, but you know they're dealing with it too within the the construct that we've been given here. But so yeah, so within this world we have like support groups for people specifically dealing with extra dimensional trauma, <laughs> which is so much like a real support group. I mean, it's, so it's kind of interesting to think about because like you, I wonder if there was similar types of reaction to. Dr. Manhattan being kind of unveiled to the world because this kind of is similar, at least in my eyes, in the sense of like your world is rocked, right? Mm -hmm. So like with Dr. Manhattan, it was an instance of, oh shit, a literal god, as far as we understand that term, is walking amongst us. So it's like, how do you conflate that with your own religion or just your view of morale or sorry, mortality, etc. And now- And morality, really. I guess that's fair, yeah. And then in this instance with a- at least, you know, to the public, real dimensional attack, then that's another just, like, layer of what is my world? What is this yeah. universe? And yeah. it's just I like... think it's also kind of a cool parallel in some ways to 9-11, obviously, with mm-hmm. they call yeah. it 11-2 mm-hmm. and all that. But it, it because 9-11, even though there were people on the other side of the country when it happened, it was it affected everyone who lived in this country, even if it didn't affect us directly. Right. It changed everything about our way of life. It changed everything about the way we thought our world ran and the way our day-to-day li- lives went. So it's very realistic the way it's handled yeah. because it did affect an, an, the entire world, basically, within our, the show, much mm-hmm. like 9-11 affected the entire world, specifically our country, mm-hmm. just in everyday life it put like this kind of i guess that parallel is real because i remember i was gonna ask your your thoughts on it because you would have been i was in second grade i was gonna say pretty young like six or seven or something yeah i definitely remember pre 9-11 post 9-11 okay like like in a way i definitely remember when i was like having a good time and you know whatever and then out of nowhere i'm scared and mm-hmm. it, the, the world just went into this weird fear. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. Because nobody knew what was going to happen next. <clears throat> yeah. And everybody felt like, okay, because, you know, that day, one 
plane hit, then a second plane mm-hmm. hit, and then a third plane hit yep. in the Pentagon. You know, the Pentagon, and then there was the one that went down in like a field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so I think everybody was like on edge for so long after that happened for like weeks. Like, okay, what's next? What's next? I feel like that right. kind of like resembles like Cold yeah. War yeah. fear, yeah. but with more tangible stuff having happened. Unless I'm like forgetting some stuff that happened during that time period where. Okay, you know, I'll show my age. Yeah, I, I remember that. You know, in the eighties, I oh, remember. Oh no, no, I just meant like I don't, I don't remember like actual. No, I'm just saying I remember in the eighties there yeah. was no huge scale events, but there was always that people like joked about it, but it was joking that we could be hit by a nuclear bomb at any time from Russia just based on their whims. So that was a very real fear in the 80s. And then it kind of just faded and then it kind of was okay. And things were really free and easy until 2001. And then 9-11 happened and literally overnight everything changed. And I didn't live anywhere near New York when that happened. Mm -hmm. But when it did happen, I mean, I was really upset because I was afraid and a lot of people were afraid mm-hmm. yeah, and I was yeah. I was an adult I was a very young adult but I was an adult I remember it very clearly and it was terrifying mm-hmm. because it could happen anywhere I'll yeah. say to this day and I'm sure I'm not alone here turn on the New Year's Eve Times Square turn on the Super Bowl mm-hmm. turn on the, and I'm just wondering there's something in the back of my mind going well are they gonna bomb this one yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. or like, some kind of mass shooting, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. grown yeah, terrorism, exactly. yeah. I mean, well, like, and I remember like when the the Boston Marathon bombing went yeah. on. There was yeah. like a fire yeah. in a library, and then people were like, "Oh fuck, it's happening again!" And it was yeah. really scary, especially now with the internet. You can watch these things happen in real, in real time. time. Yep. And then there's all this information coming out, and some of it's accurate, and some of it's not. And it's yeah, it's really weird because I remember being that young and like getting home from school because it, it was like up on the TVs mm-hmm. in the computer room and I was like what the fuck is this and I get home and my mom is just glued to the TV and I was like what's going on and she explained it the best she could and we just watched the TV and I was like oh and mm-hmm. now every time there's it's just tragedy being projected to us all the time through information you know through the magical information highway and is this PBS <laughs> a, brought to you by these sponsors and the letter K but it's it, like we through the internet we're always being broadcasted these awful things and now especially being a young because I'm pretty sure I'm the youngest person here I think most so likely. I'm 26 yeah and oh I thought you were 16 it's only part time only part time I'm 16 going on 26 you know now I'm just so numb to that I've noticed it and now I'm coming out of it a little bit because when New Zealand happened, I've been really like, for not bad reasons, I've been really studying white supremacy Mm -hmm. and been really wanting to know what's going on and I want to see what this fucking awful shit is going on and I know a lot. And seeing that in action really just shook me. I was like, it's real. It's, it's It's real. And that was the first time I felt like shaken. Yeah. Ever since 9-11, these, like, these tragedies happen in real life. And, and yeah, I don't know. The world sucks. <laughs> the world fucking sucks. The thing that I really remember from 9-11, I was 10 years old when it happened. And I just remember it was the first time I saw adults not know what was going on or how to react yeah. or what we were yeah. supposed yeah. to do. I remember that feeling, too. And then my brother ran into the house and he goes... The Taliban's coming to get us. They're going to get you first because you're a girl and they want you. And then I was terrified to take a shower Holy by myself shit. for like a month. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> so not to go on too much of like a dark tangent yeah. into 9-11, but I do think that it, this show does make 
11-2 into this world's 9-11. Right. Yeah. Very effectively, for sure. That was one thing I thought about when they show the squid in the graphic novel, is the very... It's such a parallel to the carnage after 9-11 with the buildings all fucked up. Although it's an interesting thing how that was written first. Right. So this woman lures lures him to a building that the 7th Cavalry is using to send out their videos. With her lettuce. With her lettuce. Lures him away. And he follows her into this building where he sees this weird teleportation portal thing. And sees uh senator joe keen jr is that the villain that you were discussing earlier yes as far as i have more thoughts about him but in a later episode Mm -hmm. but in this episode you know he reveals that obviously it's whatever he's part of this group to try to lead them because they're just like a bunch of dumbasses essentially is what he says and that judd crawford was they were buddies and he led the police and joe led the seventh cavalry and they tried to keep order that way so there's a parallel here right with his story from the beginning and then this one because like he gets lured into the thing and then oh yes his mind mind blown yes and then mm-hmm. yeah, exactly and holy I, shit yeah i like just i was like two Ooh. women and the yes uh, definitely no there's the a parallel that happens here that this happens twice to him which is, oh he's never gonna have sex again he's oh, such a shit. broken character and god tim blake nelson is a good actor so, so fucking good yeah oh i was just about to can't say, that. say enough he's good such things. a good actor and i really love him it just in the series but in this episode in particular he just breaks your heart because he's you know he's such a broken person trying to do the right thing and trying to live his life and even after his reality is shaken when he finds out that the squid is a hoax he doesn't know how to deal with that information because his entire identity and being is built around this squid paranoia that he's lived with for so long loved that almost last scene where he gets the new siren and takes it out and throws it in the garbage and walks away and then comes right back and picks it up again (laughs) because he can't live without it Mm -hmm. yeah i like also the uh we haven't really gotten I mean, it's easy to miss some of these kind of like callbacks, but there was the line from the senator where he said he gave him like a remote and he said, I leave it entirely in your hands. Yes. That is fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's and actually another character says that in a later episode, too. So, yeah, yeah, we have a couple callbacks to that. We learned that the pills that Angela found are a medication called nostalgia that holds memories and is originally designed if you read the pedipedia you'll see so how does this work basically it's memories that have been somehow through this world harvested from somebody's brain mm-hmm. and then Don't you just cry them out like in harry potter just like that <laughs> right into the pensive um yo harry your mom was hot <laughs> but it's designed for people with dementia to try mm-hmm. and keep them knowing who they are but the pedipedia talks about so we don't have those sad super bowl commercials exactly no it talks about people using it recreationally which is really illegal and then it was taken off the market but people still use it and they're not supposed to because it's really dangerous and can recreationally well in the (laughs) pedipedia refers to it as waxing which I think is brilliant. Yeah, waxing, waxing nostalgia. Wa- waxing like, nostalgia. I love that. Yes. But yeah, it's the recreational or overdose of nostalgia, where, and taking another person's nostalgia can make you psychotic, which is understandable, because, you know, so, as we find out. So how do you take that recreationally? It's still my question. What, what, I guess it depends you, on the memory. It's the best yeah. day of your life, yeah. man. Oh, if you okay, always yeah. live that over and over and over again, yeah. or like she said, live in somebody else's memory. Man. 
man, that'd be fun. And it, well, and it would be recreational only because like they presumably are people that don't have memory problems. Yeah. Right. So it, right. Like, it's affecting their brain differently as well. Yeah. But I guess we only get the one memory case to really think about. Yeah. It's like, man, that would suck. Yeah, this and isn't fun at all. Yeah, this is like, terrible. Isn't that something else that they said that it tends to like attract you to like your more dark memories? Or? Maybe. I know that they talk about it can affect your your actual memories if you take another person's memories that it can affect you and kind of mix the two together and make you confused and that's kind of that's, what we that's fair because I could but yeah so I at the end of the that. episode Angela gets arrested because she confesses she tells Wade Looking Glass that via bugged a, cactus. yeah via the bugged cactus tells him that <laughs> that the medication belongs to her grandfather and that her grandfather confessed to killing the uh, the chief so she gets arrested and takes the entire bottle of nostalgia at the end of the episode which is always a good idea if you have a mystery drug and somebody's going to arrest down you it. just down it she knew what it was he told her <laughs> it's nostalgia okay and she yeah, she takes the entire bottle. And she just trusts this man who maybe is her grandfather. She just fucking met him. A hell of a cliffhanger. (laughs) And at the manor house, we get Adrian testing the newest version of the suit using a buffalo hide. Not human people. No, buffalo hide. And it actually looks kind of badass, too. Yeah, he looks hard as hell, yeah. It was pretty awesome. And uh, getting shot out on the uh, catapult out onto the surface of what turns out to be Europa, one of the moons of Jupiter where he takes all the bodies that he's shot up there and spells out, save me, D. D. Is it doctor? That's what I was hoping. Don Johnson? Save me, Don Johnson. Save me, Don Johnson. (laughs) A book by Zach Fisher. (laughs) Save me, dick. (laughs) Which would also be the doctor, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You sent me out here, you motherfucker. (laughs) This episode's title refers to a line from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which is, if there were no thunder, men would have little fear of lightning. That's also a great line. I love that. I give this episode an A. A. Because. Hundred. Yeah. It's such a good episode. I I don't even care on this episode if it progresses the story at all. The, The exploration of the effects of the squid fall and the way Wade struggles through day to day life, the way they show him running the uh, the support group and going out to the bar and talking about it and going home and having the, the cap with the foil lining and every bit of his day is built around that and, and it's just that intrins- intrinsic you know fear and, and psychological scarring that literally he can't even eat the beans without having the hood on I mean every bit of it is well, this is the amazing. episode too where we get the really explicit American hero story I think yeah because he's talking to his ex where they have that puppy thing. Yeah, and I realized yeah. that I forgot to tell Anne about that when I told her no other animals got mm-hmm. killed. I forgot all about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah they did like not straight. kill. It's it's like the bank thing. It was shooting it off to another um, adoption agency. Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> okay. So something that really hit me in this episode is that when Wade goes to Coney Island or whatever it is, mm-hmm. he's going there to witness. He's a Jehovah's Witness. He yes. has yeah. this entire life that he has built around that he's in this group that's gonna get to go to heaven when the world ends and then the world fucking ends and all of his friends are dead except him except him that's awesome jesus christ and then he replaces that with the support group yeah yeah Yeah. i was almost inconsolable at the end of this episode because we've been talking about how he's been dealing with a lot of 
trauma and like trying to work his way through that and kind of in his own way digging his way out but then his worldview shattered again in the way that the episode cliffhangs where it's very strongly implied at the very least he's in immense amount of danger but then also kind of thinking about the fact that he had talked with the senator earlier and he had asked him that question or he had stated that you're going to kill me aren't you and then the guy says no i'm not going to do that given the actions of the way the episode ends thinking about his ability to read people and maybe realizing that he was lying to him and still going through the rest of the events of that episode with that in mind. It's mm-hmm. just like, I was broken because I mm-hmm. had yeah. assumed he was killed. And I was like, this is just awful. Yeah, we, we <laughs> got to the end of that episode. so awful. And I was just, I, we got to the end of that episode. And I was I so was sad. In this, I was in the same boat. I was just like, oh, wait. Oh, he's just going to go home. Yeah, and he, and he tosses, it, tosses the alarm away and brings it on back. And then you just see the 7th Cavalry just pull up. And I was just like... No, don't do my boy like this. I was so, <laughs> like, I was so just, upset. Dude, come on. And then like, and, and then they go in, the episode ends, and I was just like, fuck. <laughs> that sums it up perfectly for so, me, too. I, it made me so incredibly frustrated for like a good reason. Like, I'll be 100% honest, and this is just based off of my own like investment in this other show, but I was more affected by that than I was in any character uh, yeah. Death in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I that's yeah. just my own thing, and yeah. I know things turned out differently. But it had that been the case, I was more upset by that than I, I had been with anything else. But you know, that's just I, my own takeaway from how I felt about the I characters in that show. I don't agree with you. I mean, no, <laughs> I, I was going to be fun. like, yes, but there's one. It, it was the. Uh, when he oh, battles, Pedro, yeah, 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 Pedro Pascal, right? That's yeah, yeah, Pedro Pascal yeah. as uh, God damn it, I can't remember his uh, name the name now. Prince, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Prince Caspian or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're into a third one. <laughs> yeah, his death was horrible. Yeah, it, but he got cocky, you know. He, he got cocky, yeah. but you know he didn't deserve to go that way. Oh, right? Boy. No, that, no, that was no. that was kind of bad. But. Yeah, that, that that really affected me. I was like, <laughs> spoiler for like an eight-year-old episode. Well, we didn't yeah. tell the name of the character. <laughs> so. If I can anchor this and bring it back around, yeah, yeah. Please. To Anne's brilliant yeah, synopsis yeah, of do, that. Yeah. Please do. I do find that interesting, though, because I didn't think about that, honestly. But the fact that he does kind of replace that with the support group, and yet the rest of his life is entirely solo. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. let anybody in. I mean, even you could tell from his ex-wife, he didn't even let her in. Yep. You know, somehow they got close enough, but not really. So he is completely isolated except for that incident. But that's that's... I hadn't thought of that before. He's yeah. got his beans. Yeah, he has his beans. Yeah, and his bunker. And his cactus. Little prick. Which brings, <laughs> <laughs> which wow. brings us to Damn episode God. six, which, although not my favorite episode, is probably the best episode of any show I've ever oh, seen. This is, this is my favorite. Amazing, <laughs> and I have so many problems with it. <laughs> I, I would like to hear those problems. So, yeah, so let me set this up, and then we can discuss it. So Angela mm-hmm. takes the entire bottle of nostalgia, mm-hmm and overdoses on it and basically falls into the memories of her grandfather, Will Reeves, as a starting off as a young police officer on the New York City police force. This that, is my favorite episode. It's, oh, it's so amazing. good. It is so it's good. It's one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. About halfway through, Esther turns to me and goes, somebody's getting a fucking Emmy for this. <laughs> it was so it's good. so good. We got through, we got to the end and it was complete silence all the way through the entire credits. And I looked over at Sarah, I was like, that might be the best thing this has to say. And it, it this show could end right here, and I'm good. I'm good with this. Yeah, I have I have a lot of problems with what they did with 
Hood of Justice and how I guess that plays with canon. But I think I'm okay with it because it fits exactly what they're trying to say throughout this whole show. So fucking with that absolutely works. Like totally and completely. Yeah. My issues with this show aren't are not in this episode. We'll get to those. Yes, I get what you're saying with canon, but I, I feel like they were able to kind of retrofit this and make it yeah, work that's exactly within the story, that. which which worked fine. You know, it worked in the realm of fan fiction where you could read it and go, okay, this mm-hmm. is all very plausible and this works just fine. It's a great episode. We learned that Will was hooded justice. Called it. Yes. it was. It, there are a lot of seeds planted, but yes, it was... Stop um, trying to limit my accomplishments. No, it's it's no. Yeah. I am I'm proud of you. It's a fantastic episode. I I want to point out I we just rewatched it the other night and man that scene where they hang him from the tree oh. is so brutal. Oh. It's almost as bad as the fucking opening of the first episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. so hard to watch when you see his vision start to get dark as you can see the yeah, and you two guys hear the rasping fighting yeah, breath and like oh. rope and shit yeah it's... it made me it gave me anxiety watching it it's mm-hmm. so powerful it's so good i love this entire episode it's so cinematic it's so beautifully shot it has this almost noir look to it i mean and noir means more than just black and white it has right. a lot to do with use of light and dark and all that it's it's shot in this beautiful way just i love that shot of him standing outside the burning warehouse yeah. i think that's a beautiful shot They're that's brilliant. what i was first thinking of the whole like solving racism with a gun thing <laughs> yeah like, fucking the, works there's there's that scene i i love the scene where he just gets back and he's just like so fucked up and he's got the like the noose still around his neck and he's just like, what the fuck what where do i even go from here mm-hmm. and and then he hears the 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 people getting robbed and he's just like fuck I gotta do something like I gotta do something I'm a cop I save people I guess I'll do this and fuck this and just puts the hood on rips the eye holes out and just goes messes these dudes up it, like brutally almost comic booky in, in a yeah. way like, yeah. yeah just yeah. just brutally and, wow that's it that was that was that's what I'm looking for I, lo- I loved that moment I remember I was literally like yeah like, like, well, I was saying yeah for that, but also I was right. <laughs> All the reasons thematically that that theory made sense are coming true. I like the use of the piano through this episode. Oh, where he oh yeah. Keeps seeing his mother playing the piano mm. and the use of like when the cop car drives away and he sees the bodies being dragged behind it, even though they're not really there in that time period. The overlapping time mm-hmm. periods and the way they used color you know, color, black and white color to denote different time periods right, yeah. was brilliant. So yeah. good. And the way they interjected Angela with Will periodically, yeah. but yeah. in a way that was so smooth and beautiful. Yeah, like yeah. whenever it makes sense to just be like, oh, no, 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 this is her watching. Yeah. That was all beautifully done. I love the woman who played June, his wife. She was like watching somebody in an old movie. She looked and the way she delivered her lines, it was so genuine, it was so real. And I thought that her performance was just incredible the cut from him talking to his wife to him just basically (laughs) nailing captain metropolis was a little i mean i was sort of expecting it but not like that because i knew they were a couple because it's discussed in the i don't know about a couple but they definitely they were coupling hard yes they were for sure yeah they went full broke back man i was expecting (laughs) that to get discussed i guess i wasn't just expecting it to be that sudden yeah (laughs) 2020 listen there was enough there was enough lead in for it with the whole like 
touching hands shit. You didn't need any more. Yeah, that's leaving. true. Yeah, I, I thought was... they were going to get pretty subtle, and then like, and then it happened. I'm like, eh, this is HBO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna yeah. be showing. Or like when shit. the uh, the FBI was questioning him on on the show when they, you know, when you're yeah. watching American, and that one guy was talking, you know, and he's doing all the the little motions and yeah. you know t- just giving all those real heavy-handed hints of we know what you do but i also love how that followed i know i'm jumping here but where then he also talked about what they needed him to do break in and get the film of of your boyfriend is also you know definitely not who, jay edgar yeah who hoover. looks a lot yeah. like jay edgar hoover who's <laughs> definitely not jay edgar hoover <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend fantastic G. Edgar Hoover like, what? that was so so funny I had in my notes that uh, Captain Metropolis is very eager to meet and invite Hood of Justice to join the Minutemen cut to Nelson and Will fucking no really <laughs> Can I, uh, how did everyone feel about the introduction of that coupling for lack of a better term I guess what I mean is did you get vibes right away that he, Captain Metropolis was who he turned out to be. In I immediately of... knew he was a piece of shit. Yeah, I yeah. kind of yeah, had that same. Yeah, no. Okay, so I yes. was just, yeah. yeah. No, Nellie's a piece of shit. I wrote that in my notes, too. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Fuck like, you, Nellie. Instantly, I was like, no. <laughs> I really wish we had got to see the Minutemen just this much more. I get, I get why we didn't focus on them, because it's not really about them, but mm. it would have been really great. It, it would have been awesome to see the moment between... Sally and the comedian that Hood of Justice stopped. No. I know why they didn't get into that, but I I, I was mm, hoping we would was, touch on it. That was kind of like my big my big problem with it with this episode, I guess. Oh, we didn't touch on that. I guess and then like kind of thinking about it now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. Because it's about fine Will's story. Yeah. 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 That doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, no. And, no, and the episode didn't like, need it. This, I just wish I could have seen it. The best way we can sum up this whole episode is is this is the whole thesis statement for the whole show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. I was just super excited to get a backstory for Hooded Justice. Me too. he is like the character that gets the least amount of backstory in the graphic novel. He's so mysterious. We yeah. get nothing. Yeah. We only get maybes about yeah. him. And, and that was... I guess that's kind of why I was like, you know what? I don't really care because we don't really ever get a definitive thing. I do think that like the, well, he disappeared and then that bodybuilder guy dies stuff. I was like, that's the link. Like, that's the only link I have. Um, this is the hill I die on. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was struggling with when I had that theory was that I'd felt that in the the book, uh, it kind of almost established him for sure yeah. as a white person but then i kind of thought about his mysterious nature and was just like but how much there is no concrete thing other than it was a guy wearing a mask which right. I, also i meant to bring this up earlier i mentioned it earlier to yeah. bring it up now that german pamphlet that was dropped with all of the propaganda um, the propaganda yeah the book talks about hooded justice as saying a lot of thing german as a german sympathizer and saying a lot of things that could be pro-Nazi. Oh, okay. So I think yeah. that that exists in the show to tie that part of Hooded Justice from the book into this character. So if young young Will carrying this piece of paper around with him his whole life, I'm just saying it's a retro yeah. fit for sure. But it's it's a little loose, but I'll take it. That's why it, yeah. I think that's why it's there though, is yeah. to explain why. Hooded Justice may have said those things because I think we only get that from Hollis Mason's book. He mentions it like, I heard that such and such, you know, that Hooded Justice had said these things, but we never really get like 
what he said. And much or, like everything yeah. in Watchmen, it's more than what yeah, it appears. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So we don't ever get like a, a thing about, we never get like a quote of what he says. We just get Hollis Mason because, you know, he's kind of an old gossip talking about um, <laughs> what he heard about things that uh, Hooded Justice believed. And I think that this is what is supposed to tie to that. I love the thesis statement that is stated, which is like, I don't know, what is it? It's not like, it's not like <laughs> racist, racism is bad. You That's know, like, the thesis like, statement right there. It is, but it isn't, you know, it's like. It's like, showing how people of color have built this nation from the very beginning and have gotten no credit for it and continue to try and make yeah. this country better and just keep getting in, shit on no matter moment, how hard they try. And the moment they get any power or any kind of anything good they do it's immediately taken away by a white guy it, like that's literally what that is. another interesting parallel to this is that the the real bass reeves because he was a real person mm-hmm. he's not just within this universe mm-hmm. bass reeves was really was a black marshal in oklahoma is the inspiration for the lone ranger who we all know is white oh right mm-hmm. yeah and more whitewashing well i mean know? yeah like a lot of um cowboys or you know the type back then were uh, either black people or Latino people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, of course, it's just John Wayne all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all John Wayne. Well, he he was also was Genghis Khan. Can you believe that shit? <laughs> it's another about- good parallel between the two is that Hooded Justice is within this world was mm-hmm. assumed to have been white, but also created that persona for himself to hide his true identity. So he's perceived as white when in reality he was black much like mm-hmm. bass reeves inspiring the lone ranger who is white yeah so i don't know it's just kind of an interesting thing well i also kind of had the takeaway of not just that it's bad but like how pervasive it is mm-hmm. yeah because like fucking, is. what 80 years later and you still got a guy that keeps a clan thing in his closet yeah. just because it's his legacy and it's like mm-hmm. that's such a big amount of time but also kind of not in yeah. terms of like how that stuff still kind of exists or is kind of deeply ingrained for a lot of people. Yeah, and and like kind of the language that they, that a lot of like the seventh cavalry has been using that's what it is, seventh, right? Yeah. 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 Is really like reminiscent of a lot of again, like like frog posters on Twitter. Uh, all right, d bags. You know, it's like, well, the white people are getting, you know, uh, they'll they'll be out of existence by the time. Blah blah blah. It's like, like, gotta keep pure shit, and it's just like, oh, here's that tie. Oh, well, that's been going on since here. Oh, yeah, the 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 Cyclops is has been going on this whole time, and he hasn't been able to take it down. Of course, Will is gonna attempt to. Uh, try to cut off one of the head of the Cyclops. Mm-hmm. You know, or try to poke one of the eyes out. I guess. Fuck the, you, the Judd. One yeah. of the eyes. One of the oh, eyes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> speaking. I actually, was like, shit. I was. I was waiting for that to come yeah. around because I really wish that uh, that kind of stuck. That that Cyclops hand signal they did. Yeah. Only so we'd know what motherfuckers people are out in society if they're just doing that all the time. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just running to a dude in the back alley. I don't even like, know if it's this. Uh, I think it's this. Yeah, that, the, yeah. The two, yeah, whatever. Don't do that. I don't think. I'm just do. saying. I, <laughs> but if people actually walked around, hey, how you doing today? Meh. Oh, okay. Well. I, I so like some inglorious bastard shit where we just know. Yes. Based yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I do love how normal it is to some of the people too. Like it's just so like again, it's just so systematic. Like it's yeah. so ingrained in them. Yeah, we're doing this because you know our granddaddies did it. We're doing it now too. And then like Judd, he was yeah, this is a family thing. 
Like it's my legacy. Really? Well, yeah, and not legacy. only that, but when they raid the trailer park, it's all poor white people. Yeah. And then you have this rich senator that's manipulating them yeah. to do what he wants them to do mm-hmm. while his hands get oh, to be clean. Man, wow. <laughs> talk about it's shit. Talk about somehow standing out as a piece of shit among pieces of shit. Where he's just yeah. like, yeah, they have the same beliefs as I do, but they're also like dirty stupid people I gotta corral them how did you become a worse yeah. racist yeah <laughs> how did you become even worse by being a politician yeah <laughs> which which actually brings me back to when I was talking about Lady True yeah. and you said you thought this monster or whatever was, was kind of above that I don't because I think he's still very realistic because I feel like that's politicians stirring the shit pot to keep their own themselves in power. I agree with that. Yes, there. the character is yeah. very believable in a yeah. lot of yeah, ways. Sure. He's that charming, good old boy, you know, just a nice southern boy. Yeah, think, yeah. think of how many of those same dudes exist in Congress right now. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Most of them. All those like, motherfuckers, even if they're not racist, are up there doing what they can to stir the pot just to exactly. keep themselves in power. That's their entire intent. White people suck. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this extraordinary being. That's the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't mention that at the beginning. The scene with the riot in the theater or the aftermath of the riot in the theater with the woman crying about hurting people and being oh, told Christ. was yeah. one of the yeah. some of the best acting I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was so realistic. And also the scene in the warehouse. Also the guy who plays Fred, like the main bad guy of this episode, the yeah. guy who throws the Molotov cocktail into the Jewish deli. Yeah. That and then guy. just walks away like no big just, deal. Just just got yeah. capped mid-sentence. That was awesome. Oh, that yeah. was, Dude, that whole warehouse part for real. Yeah. yeah. Solving so, racism with a gun. Yeah. That looked so realistic when he got shot, by yeah. the way. It was so real. It's visceral. It's, like, oh, man. We and, just watched again the other night, and I said, I, I just love how there was no big buildup. They didn't no, make a big scene exactly. of it. He was just talking. He just had enough, and there was yep. no, like word that did it. It was just the done. general sense. We're done here. That actor, yeah. though, is awesome at mm. playing terrifying or at least piece of shit characters um, <laughs> he's so good I love that guy I had to look his name up right now I didn't know it his name is Glenn Fleshler that is exactly the name I would expect him to have. <laughs> that sounds like he a- was also the main bad guy in the first season of True Detective oh that's the okay. same guy yeah. yeah word okay holy shit yeah yeah, that guy. Can you imagine being that kind of actor and you're like, well, what's your favorite part of your career? Type Fuck, I didn't like any of them. <laughs> I don't know. Ever... Suck. Yeah. <laughs> and even if I did, I cannot own up to any That's of right. that. Some <laughs> awful, awful I really people. identify with, no, no. So we find out at the end of this episode that the Cyclops organization, is that the good term for that? Cyclops have these mind control projectors that they are trying to use. Corny. So how I know, so but I kind of wish we'd seen like, more of it. So here's my question. So in the like conspiracy theories, oh, mind control conspiracy theories, and like MK Ultra, I really enjoyed. It. So yeah, I was I was so here for it because yeah, it's just like so. Comical. So I have a question that I don't know is either a solved by the show and I just missed it, or b solved by Petapedia and I didn't read it. How much was Moloch involved in this whole thing? Were they just inspired by him? I think they were inspired by him. I don't think it was... I think. I could be wrong. I don't... I didn't take... Unless, again, I didn't read any of that either. Sure. I didn't think it was at all. In fact, I thought the point of bringing up Moloch was to reduce the corniness of the mind control by him talking about the Cyclops and then Metropolis taking over and going, oh, yeah, no, we got this guy Moloch who's turning the sun rays into... And trying to Mm. build up a bigger, more spectacular evil bad ground, guy ground that's a little possible bit way, yeah. I think that was used okay. as a tie into the past and to, to make the mesmerism less corny I like how he also turned it uh, like 
into a commercial yes <laughs> for the bank yeah. right and i think that plays into that too that moloch is a much more marketable bad yes. guy yes. So there's a lot of stuff about marketing and and identity and you know he even talks about how uh it's not it's not the Minutemen's cup of tea, which I think is shitty for him. Good yeah. God, I hated that guy. Everything all about them. him is shitty. You're gonna have to yeah. solve black and rest on your own or whatever. Yeah, was, which actually made me laugh because that was callback. It yeah. was a callback yeah. to the poster uh-huh. uh, um, at the, yeah. crime, the at the Crime all the, Busters meetings. Yeah, yeah of one of them was black that, unrest. Yeah. I also think that Moloch, that that whole description of him using the sun rays into a weapon, I think was a callback to the mirror. In the the book, it was Moloch's mm-hmm. mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. Was, yep. yeah, yeah. Just a theory. Just a cool. Thing, I know we're getting yeah. callbacks later, but that just so we me. learn that Will, as an old man, uses one of these projectors, which he stole from the warehouse before burning it down. He saved one projector, and uses it to control Jed Crawford and tells him to hang himself, mm-hmm. which is a little less exciting than what I thought happened. Where a little bit, yeah. I <laughs> thought he actually just got up out of the wheelchair and was like, "I'm still a superhero." Fuck you, Judd Nelson. He is a superhero. He has Judd a fucking mind control machine. Yeah, that's but more super villain. Yeah. <laughs> now he's a super villain. I don't know. Is this he is a super <laughs> ambiguous. Instead of solving uh, racism with a gun, he's solving racism with mind control. Right. Yeah. Noose. Yeah, also, isn't it just like a flashlight now? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, a, it's a blinking flashlight. Yeah, which I find incredible. Funny and just well, it's like, way easier to carry around. Yeah. Yeah, At least it's like, not one of those that you have to like shake to charge it up. <laughs> it takes about two minutes of this. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> you gotta give it a little vocal encouragement too. <laughs> I give this episode. This is my A plus episode. Oh, hell yes. This is S rank. This it's is a S-rank. beautiful episode. This is triple S. Yeah. It's so Devil good. Devil made shit. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> the title refers to Night Owl One's description of Hooded Justice back in the graphic novel. He refers to him as this extraordinary being, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. The Pedipedia, just little things that fill in the gaps about there's like a Lady True Q&A. There's a memo from Agent Petey um, regarding Nelson Gardner's will saying that he left everything to... Will. Wow. Which is why Will, ha- I think, has that... Well, he thinks oh, of himself has, as a has good that man. that sweet so. townhouse in New York yeah, was, that we uh, see. That definitely didn't, like, make a connection to me, because I was like, later on when they show that, I was like, man, he living? How <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? What did he they do? They always have that, though, for Now you know what he media, did. You know who yeah. he did. Yeah. Where you're like, how does he this did it well. waitress afford, like, a studio... That's five thousand well, square feet. Especially with you know? like, especially with like superheroes, they're like, oh yeah, they live in this nice house, all retired and stuff. And mm. then like, somebody comes, we need you back for another mission, uh, termite man. <laughs> I'll munch my way through this one. You're halfway <laughs> to a hit comic book, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna get there. I'm the next Alan Moore baby. I would Read suggest the fine you. Print. Yeah, don't work with DC on that. Yeah. Only- <laughs> DC Comics, if you have a deal, I will absolutely take it, even if you fuck me out of it. <laughs> you heard me right. Yeah. Termite Man. Termite Man. Term- <laughs> uh, coming to a theater near you. Okay, and we'll be back to conclude our discussion on the Watchmen series.